For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And we're back at it here on Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and there's still a hell of a lot going on in the softball world. Before, it was obviously the news about the college season being canceled, but now all eyes are on the Olympics. And the big news was that after a lot of speculation and some hesitation, the Olympics are officially postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and Tokyo 2020 now moves to 2021. So just to put that into historical context, this is the only time other than World War that the games have been moved. I mean, we talk about being unprecedented, but this is just one thing after another. And there really are a ton of factors. The first is obviously that health is number one. We all have to stay healthy or get healthy, take care of the ones that mean the most to us, and flatten the curve worldwide, period. And then you have to consider, well, is it fair? In terms of training, athletes are struggling finding the ability to do so. Facilities are closed. It really wouldn't be peak performance in an apples-to-apples -apples comparison of other Olympics. And then just logistically, it's a massive event. There's financial investment into facilities and other things, sponsors and broadcast deals. This is a major loss for Japan as a host country this year. Some people think it took the IOC longer than it should have to make the decision to postpone, but we can't forget how much actually goes into bringing something like the Olympic Games to life, let alone making a plan to move the entire thing. So the IOC had said they were giving themselves four weeks to decide. Then they gave us an answer within two days. But with that said, Canada did make the first move. They said they would not send athletes to a July Olympics as planned. They didn't say they wouldn't send athletes at all to a Tokyo Olympics, but just not without some sort of delay. Then Australia followed, Germany and Poland called for a delay, and on from there. And even the U.S. committee surveyed thousands of athletes, and 70% said they didn't think having the Games in July would be fair. Now, you also have to remember, dozens of sports haven't even had their qualifiers yet. So I'm not certain how that will affect current qualified teams, logistics, and anything else. So there's a lot to still work out there. But overall, I mean, I'm at least thrilled that it's a postponement and they didn't cancel altogether for everyone, but especially for softball. I mean, gosh, we've waited 12 years and we'd have to wait eight more years to 2028 in LA to be back. And that would have been 20 years without Olympic softball, two entire decades. So I'll take one more year over that scenario any day. But actually the World Baseball Softball Confederation had just announced the Olympic softball schedule a couple weeks back. And I didn't even realize at first that softball was supposed to be the first sport played in Tokyo. And for background, there are six teams USA, of course, Japan, the host team, Australia, Canada, Mexico, who made history by going for the first time or qualifying to, and then Italy. But by last week, USA Softball had already paused the Stand Beside Her tour on their road to Tokyo, and there were signs in place that something was likely coming. But what's interesting to me, too, there are some players on these national teams that still have some NCAA eligibility. The big ones that come to mind are Rachel Garcia, Bubba Nichols from UCLA, Deja Malipola from Arizona. These are national team players with college eligibility remaining. If they're pushed out another year because of the Olympics, perhaps the eligibility relief granted to spring sport athletes in the NCAA that may work out a little bit better than before because at least both would be pushed out an extra year. I mean, it could help reduce at least one layer of complication, but we'll see. There's a lot that's going to have to go into that still. But in general, it's really hard to imagine 
what's going through the minds and the hearts of all of these athletes affected right now. So many emotions, having to think through everything. There's so much that can happen in just one year. So last week, I had a chance to sit down with Danielle Laurie. Don't worry, we were practicing social distancing. It was a virtual discussion, but she's just a softball stud. I mean, 2008 Olympian, current member of Team Canada, the country who did take a stand. And there are a lot of factors and realities in the postponement that may affect her return in 2021, as well as many other Olympic hopefuls for Tokyo. We'll get into that. We dive deep into a lot of areas, actually. In addition to Team Canada and the Olympics, we also talk about UW, her alma mater, her broadcasting career, her personal life, raising her daughters, and balancing all of it. And we talk about some fun stuff, too, like how she went viral striking out the boys recently and what she'd do if somebody ever bat-flipped on her. And let me say, the girl tells it like it is. You never have to wonder how she really feels, and I love it. But for the Olympics... This came before the official announcement this week. So this is where her head was at. And after I share the interview with you, I'll fill you in a bit more about where she's at now and her perspective. It's a long one, but that's what happens when you love talking ball and there are things happening that have never happened before. So here it is. Take a listen. And I've been really looking forward to our guest today. Get ready for this. Olympian, current member of Team Canada. University of Washington Hall of Famer, two-time National Player of the Year, NCAA National Champion, ESPN Pac-12 Network Analyst, and mom, Danielle Laurie. Thank you for joining. Yes, this is great. Gets me time away from my kids in quarantine. It's a nice break. (laughs) That's that's the goal, right? Just keep keep us busy, keep us sane at this point. Yes. Well, I mean, you do a lot of different things, too, normally. There are a lot of different roles that you play in life. I mean, I'm out of breath just listing everything out to intro you in the first place. So what is your status right now? You know, what, Uh, where are you? What are you doing? Yeah. So right now I'm actually in like the, probably the worst spot you can be in the U.S. in Seattle with all this stuff going on. Um, But I came home last Friday. I was at a, a training camp with Team Canada and the team was in Halifax, Nova Scotia for six weeks straight. I was coming in and out. Um, just with the kids situation, I could never be away for six weeks straight. And it was actually kind of weird because we were just in this like secluded bubble. Like no one really talked about the virus stuff going on. Like I knew that in Seattle, it was kind of getting bad. And then it got to the point where it was just like, all right, I'm ready to get home. Um, and just to be with my kids, because I mean, as much as I love softball and getting to be with my team, it, in this type of a situation, I just wanted to feel like, all right, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. So I just want to get home, get grounded, make sure my family's healthy. And then I can just analyze what's going on in my life. But first and foremost, I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I enjoy my work. I do broadcast with Pac-12 Networks. I do a lot of stuff with ESPN. Um, And then it was two and a half years ago that I made that decision to come back and play and come out of retirement. And uh, here I am currently. That's amazing. And yeah, again, lots of stuff that's on your plate, but very much respect the decision for you, for your health, for your family's well-being, all of the above. I think it's 100% right and exactly what's needed right now. And with that being said, too, I've noticed a lot of things on social media with you and your daughters, especially your oldest daughter. Did she just Mm -hmm. do hill sprints with you the other day? How old is she? She, (laughs) She's six. So you know, my goal for this is just like to kind of stay away from the news. Like, yes, I tune in and I see stuff on social media, but in my situation right now with the Olympics being an unknown, we just don't know. Um, I have to focus on what makes me happy. And that's like my kids and that's finding ways to move my body. And I think with Madison, I cannot sit at a table and do school stuff with a kindergartner for six hours. It's just not (laughs) happening. Um, so for me, it was all about like finding stuff to challenge her. And I've known in the past, like ever since I started going back and doing this national team stuff, she's been really big when I am home. She likes to not obviously nearly to the extent that I do training, but she likes to jump in and do stuff. So for me this week, it was, you know, the first week where we actually cannot really leave. I was like, all right, well, Maddie, let's just do like challenges every single day. And the light at the end of the tunnel for her, she gets to go to target when it opens and 
pick a toy that she really wants and she's <laughs> able to complete everything. But I mean, day one, she legitimately did a 30 minute run on the treadmill, did not stop. Like I was blown away. And then yesterday she did, or two days ago, she did the 10 hill sprints, which were really tough. She cried probably five or six times, wanted <laughs> to quit. Like, and, and I have to like have the conversation with her, like, honey, you just ran for 30 minutes straight the other day. And like, we have two more and you're bawling, like you don't want to finish. I'm like, what about those other eight we just did? And it was just these little things that I think are so important for kids' well-being to just say like, man, like, yes, she's six and I am crazy, but I also know how crazy the world is. And like, in order to be the best at whatever it is you want to be, you have to push yourself to this like unknown. And yesterday it was, I couldn't even do a hundred pushups. She did 70 pushups in 15 minutes. Oh no joke not even from her knees. And I just, when life throws you like just these different curveballs or like the game humbles me, those are the moments that I think about, you know, it used to be like, wow, softball was my life. And now it's like in the midst of struggle. Wow. Like she's doing these things with me. She's running and she's doing pushups and like, my life's really not that bad. Like I have to be, you know, the highest role model that I can be for my kids but when she's pushing herself to that level I'm like man I have to uh, hold up my end of the bargain yeah I mean geez six-year-olds in better shape than me it sounds like right now I need to get back after it (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) I mean I kind of love it because I feel like you know I think we we overlapped for a couple years I think um in college when I was at Stanford and you were at Washington at the towards the end of your career Mm -hmm. and you know, it it was always very evident, especially having that position in the circle, you are a natural leader, but the competitiveness and the drive. So I I kind of love seeing that with you, with your parenting style also. Like, I like that it's not just on the field that you kind of take that to other parts of your life. Well, and I just think it's like, what's the point of keeping our kids comfortable all the time? You know, it's just like, the world is such a different place now than it ever was in my upbringing. And my uh, dad was extremely tough on me in a really great way. And also uh, my, my brother who was a pro baseball guy. And it's like, we both were raised to compete and like really work hard for what we want and to like never settle and to truly understand that like, whatever it is that you want, someone else is working harder to get it. And nowadays, I don't know, maybe I just noticed this more with softball. It's just like, when they were recruiting kids at 13 and then you're going to these showcase tournaments, I was like, man, like, where is like the actual love of the game? Cause they want to compete. Not just like I'm going out there so I can personally do my best. So you can just recruit me. I think that that part of it is just like what I'm trying to teach. Like my kids, like you want to go and you're going to clean your room, go and actually clean your room. Like, don't <laughs> just go and do like, you know, like a half-ass job, like make sure you actually do what you're going to say you're going to do. And, I am not this hard on them all the time. Like, that's not how I go about it. But I also know that, like, I don't put up with BS. And my kids know that. And they work hard. And sometimes they enjoy when I go away on my breaks with the national team, I think. (laughs) Because I'm the one that, you know, not the discipliner, but they know they can't get much past me. So I just think it's so important to raise strong kids. And I think for me, two little girls, there's nothing nothing sweeter than to be able to lead the way and lead, lead by example for them. And especially yeah. a daughter, you know, as a woman raising a daughter, there's, there's something special about that. There's no one way to do it. Like there's so many different parenting styles and I've been judged, whether it's the mom shaming of like, wow, how can you do this or be away from your kids? And it's just like, dude, stay in your own lane. Like I don't ever talk about how anyone else parents because at the end of the day like no one knows what happens behind closed doors you know so for me it's like at the end of the day all that matters is my people and my kids and their happiness but setting them up for a successful life and really letting them know at a young age like it's it's going to be difficult but we're going to be able to like find the best way I've never pushed my kids Maddie to have to do sports I think she's gravitated towards it because she's seen a fire lit under my butt going back to play and I think her seeing me work out all the time and I'm in the garage and I'm on the treadmill on the bike and I think for her she's kind of like well that's stuff that like my mom likes I want to do that too and so it's been a really fun last two and a half years just getting to grind it out knowing that they're watching in the past it's always been like this is my life this is my life and it's almost like softball's been a little bit more of a hobby than it literally just taking over my life like it used to. 
you mentioned specifically letting her gravitate towards it on her own. I think that's so important. A lot of parents, you know, try to live through their kids, but it does seem like, like you said, she really is loving it so far. I mean, she's so young, but I mean, I saw your cover photo on Twitter. It's like her with her game face and the eye black Mm -hmm. and the glove. And it's just like, yeah, she's all about it, which is amazing. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's definitely been, it's been my favorite part. And it's, it's been the most enjoyable that I, or the most joy that I've ever found playing the game. Because I think of like some of the most best moments in in my career. It's like obviously going to go to the Olympics in 2008. But what I dealt with on the national team back at 21 years old, there was a lot of stuff that was going on in my head and a lot of negative, negative stuff. The national championship year was probably my best ever kind of feel as an athlete from like going through that Olympic deal in 2008 and like getting so close to meddling and then you don't. But then it was like that 2009 year. If I don't go through that Olympic year, I'm not in the position I am my junior year to be able to do what I was capable to do just in the circle, but to be able to like push my teammates. Like we got to that point in 2009 where it was just like, this is where we're going. You either jump on the bandwagon and we hold each other to that standard or you can't be here. And I think women have a tough time doing that. And I think that's the beauty of where I feel right now, where we are with our team is that 12 years later, I feel like not that I wasn't a leader in 2008. It was just, I was young and there was a lot of old people I hate to say it, but I never felt like I was in a position to like lead the way. And now I feel like I, I can, and I can give my opinion and say like, if you're not working hard, you shouldn't be here. And this is like, what are we, what are we trying to do? The Olympics has been out for 12 years and we're potentially going to get an opportunity to win a medal 12 years later. And some of you ladies haven't even been to an Olympics. So it's like, follow us vets and allow for us to give you some good feedback, but we're also open to feedback from you guys. And we want Mm. to always get better. And that was never the culture back in the day with our national team. It was always like the old ones and that was the way to do it. And it was not a good, healthy mix of stuff. So I think for me getting the opportunity to go back um, and just be here right now in the situation that I'm in 12 years later with a couple kids that are getting to watch, um, it's just a very surreal moment for me, for sure. For the whole softball community, just being able to finally see it back in the Olympics is one thing. Competing mm-hmm. and being there, having been there before, the way it went, and then going back after it again is just next level. So yeah. what have you guys been doing? I mean, I know you said you're in Halifax, kind of secluded in yeah. your own bubble, but what have you been doing to train? Yeah, so... It was, we had the Olympic qualifier last summer. So last, which was in uh, White Rock, British Columbia. So since the Olympic qualifier, I gave myself like a month to not do any pitching, not do anything. I think most girls on the team did that as well. So we gave us the month of September to just kind of get our heads straight. And then heading into like October for me, it was like, I got to throw two, three times a week. And Obviously, I feel like I'm in a different like category because I am a little bit older. So for me to be able to take a lot of time off means that I have to put a lot more effort in to get back into game shape. So for me, it was like, I don't really want to lose where I finished just because I've been out of it for so long and my body takes a little bit of time. Um, so taking that month off in September, we went back in October. We did a team fitness testing uh, the end of October. And then we kind of got to chill on our own till about December. And we all had mandatory one week camps based on our position all the way in Halifax again, literally across (laughs) everywhere. You probably don't even know where it is. Um, So we did that in December and then had about another month and a half off and went back with the team February 3rd. Now, when I say off, I mean, like, you get to stay at your own house. We have strength days through our strength coach three days a week. We have conditioning four days a week, and this is mandatory. Like, there's no choice here, and this is, that's the one, I think, thing that I have not missed coming back is, like, having to be told what to do again, because, like, that's kind of my job as a mom. Like, I tell people what to do, and right. right. You know, it's just, it was, it took a lot for me to get used to that, to to being told that I have to lift heavy weights again and what I specifically need to do for running. And so it got to the point where I just had to say like, okay, 
if this is what you need me to do to be the best that I need to be, I will do it. doesn't mean I won't do extra stuff on my own because I always need to fill that bucket, but I will do everything you need me to do. If you want me to lift over 350 pounds doing a trap bar, I'll do it. But when I am done, I am never doing this again. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Well, no, that's, that's, I think for a very specific purpose. That's Ooh. definitely not uh, <laughs> something yes. that anyone should try at home on their yes. own randomly without building up to it. And I know kind of as part of this process, there's been a little bit of crossover with the NPF, you know, with the Canadian wild team. How has that yeah. been going? That, you know, what is so crazy that you mentioned that I never in a million years, like when we signed to go back with the Canadian wild, I had this moment of just like, Oh my God, I never saw myself playing in this league again. Like I retired <laughs> in, in 20, gosh, when was my last year? So I had my first daughter, Madison, the summer of 2013. And then I went back for the summer of 2014 and we won with the pride, the, the, I think it's called the Coles cup. And I just remember like I was retired and I was like, so at peace with that MPF grind. And I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I'm saying like, there's not the right amount of teams. So it makes it where like, you're always struggling. Like yeah. it's tough to go out and play the pride in Chicago and like, to go out there and be le like legit every day, you get humbled so quick. So I remember saying that to our national team, like this is a very difficult league and it's going to prepare us to qualify for the Olympics, but we also have to keep going in the right direction. Like understand you're going to have days where you go 0 for 12 in a series because the pitching is so good, but understanding what we're getting out of this and the purpose of what we're trying to do here, because it can be so easy to get rattled. And I did right off the bat, like, I came fresh off of helping broadcast the World Series with ESPN last year. This was our first year with the Canadian Wild. As soon as I come in, I throw against the USSA Pride and literally almost get my head blown off. And I had this <laughs> moment where it was just like, I had tears in my eyes. I was so frustrated. And I was like, okay, number one, do I need to wear a face mask? And number two, like, give yourself grace, give yourself time, understand yeah. that this league is very difficult. Like you're not going to come out and be great right away. And it's good for our team, but it also, it's, it's draining. It really is. Like you're playing double headers. I'm, I'm too old to be playing double headers. <laughs> it's just, I, I'll be excited when it's done. And I, I mean that like with utmost respect, it is a lot on the mental just strain of what we're doing it's you have to be present all the time and my position is like I can't take a day off yes I'm not pitching every game but like I can't afford to go in there and do terrible my team is looking for me to be as consistent as I can be and that takes a, a very strong mental game and it also takes a really high work ethic so I think that's why I dislike just this unknown that we have right now with this virus going around because it's like is that going to affect the Olympics is it not? Are we still on schedule? Are we not? So there's just such an unknown that as someone that has kids and a, and a life, I hate this part of it. Yeah. I mean, how as a team, have, have you guys kind of rallied together to stick together through it? Or how are you guys approaching it on the mental side? Yeah. So when we left our meeting in Halifax, we were originally supposed to be back with the team March 25th. And obviously, we're supposed to go to California and that's not going to happen. So the earliest that we would be able to get together as a team is April 16th. But that's if everything kind of starts to get on the downward spiral. Like right. for me and a lot of the other players that are living in the U.S., it's scary for me to think of potentially going to Canada to do a training camp, but then not being able to get back into a country where my little girls and my husband live. Right. So there's just such an unknown where it's like, okay, what I need to focus on is just my well-being. And for me, it's like making sure I put in the work as far as like the physical fitness. I was giving myself a week to take off of pitching. Um, next week, hopefully the weather can stay nice because it's like all the facilities to train at are shut down. Yeah. So it's like trying to just figure out that part of it is, and the, the beauty of it is that everyone is in the same boat. You know, it's not that like, Ooh, team Canada is the only team with the disadvantage. I mean, the USA is the, the same thing. Um, so it's just keeping that mindset of like, do everything in my mind that I can do to make me feel like I'm getting better every day and I'm going to be okay. It's not like I'm on the couch doing nothing, but it has its moments that it does wear on you because it's, you really don't know. And to think of yeah. 
my goal back in 2017 when I came to play was that like I was trying to go to the Olympics in 2020. I wasn't trying to go to the Olympics in 2021. It's a whole other year. Right. The whole lot of other stuff that goes into it, you know? I know that that's been a conversation or kind of a rumor swirling about postponement, which if it's not happening at the time that it was originally planned, I hope to God that they don't just outright cancel and that it is a postponement instead of nothing. I think we all do, but at the same time, yeah, what would that look like for you if that's the case with everything that you have? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've I've thought about it and then it's like I don't want to rattle my own cage to the point where I get so frustrated. But I also like have so many emotions that go through my head. It's just like the things that people don't understand about what my grind has been is like we've had to hire an au pair who lives with us from Brazil. She's re-extended for the six months she came um, and her one year just happened to come up maybe two days ago. So she re-extended for an additional six months to be able to go through and the plan was my family, they were going to the Olympics. If I made the roster, which knock on wood, I should, they were going to go to the Olympics. And then the au pair was going to go back to Brazil and leave. So it's like, that's, that's the situation we're dealing with now. It's just like, okay, most likely this isn't going to happen in July. I hate to say it, but um, I'd be fine if it's sometime in the fall. But to think of this being an additional whole year, it's like, we're paying someone a lot of money to watch our kids. So I can train to the ability that I can train at, but also that I can still do my work. I need to be able to make income for my family, just as important as as it is for my husband. And so for me working with ESPN and I haven't got a chance to do anything with PAC 12 this year, but like, it's important for me to still do that. And then on top of that, it's like, I need to be able to throw. So it's like my mental strain thinking about the next year of throwing three to four times a week. God damn it. Yeah. It's so hard. It is like, I can go run on the treadmill downstairs and do a boot camp. I can go work out for two hours. I can go and do that. But it's like literally going to go throw for 45 to an hour and a half where I just like, man, this is, it's wearing on me. It's hard on my body. It's trying to plan. Like, are we even going to be able to get another au pair if that's the case? Like there's, So many just different things. But then I sit here and I go, okay, what about in 10 years if you decided not to do it just because it was going to be hard and your team goes and wins a medal at the Olympics and you're not a part of that? That would be devastating to me. And it was funny because my husband asked me the other day, we were sitting down, he's like, are you going to be okay if the Olympics gets canceled? Like, what's going to be your reaction? Are you going to be really depressed? And it's like, you know, if the Olympics was canceled, the the Olympics would be canceled for everyone, right? Right. So it's not just like, it's, oh, take it out on me. But if they postpone it, it's a decision that we as a family have to make. I haven't had that conversation with him yet. We have to make that decision if I'm willing to do that again. I've learned so much about myself the last two and a half years of doing this um, that I wouldn't, regret for the world so to sit here and say if the olympics was canceled i would be at peace with where i'm at and what i put in because that's out of my control Mm. but if it's postponed another year there's just a whole other mental thing that i'm just not yet ready to tap into so i haven't mentally prepared for that until i legit see something from our coach that says this is the game plan and then i just got to go from there you know because there's you know i want to have another kid there's just so many things. I'm not meaning poor me here, but that's not what it is. Yeah. As a mom and as someone that, you know, takes her job really serious, but also likes to compete at the highest level, that takes a great amount of work ethic. And when I made this commitment to myself to come back and do this two and a half years ago, um, the commitment for me was to be in the best possible shape that I can ever be in. And not to be the same pitcher I was when I used to play because I can't throw every game. But when the game's on the line, everything that I put into this journey and this process is like, I'm the one for the job. And if I get the ball, that's amazing. But if I don't, that's okay too. But I'm going to put myself in a position where like, you can't deny me this. Right. Because I want it so bad. I want to win so bad. And I know the sacrifices that we as athletes make. But I also know the sacrifice that I've personally made. So it is so important to me to leave no stone unturned in this whole journey. But it also makes it 
mean so much, you know, because there's just been such a steady uphill climb. We just don't know what's going to happen yet. How can you, right? Like this entire thing is completely unprecedented, completely yeah. uncharted waters. Like no one really knows what they're doing because no one's ever had to deal with anything like this before. Yeah. For you, not just you, but you're a great example of a mom who, I mean, we talk about working moms and the difficulty that that is for anyone in life. Yeah. Then let's throw in the fact that it's a competing mom, an athlete. Yeah. So that's that physical toll that goes into mm-hmm. it. And then on top of that, making a comeback like you are. Yeah. So it's just, there's so many layers to it. And like you've said, it really has to do with the supporting cast that you're working with at home, like your family, yeah. and then also your coworkers on the TV networks. And then, then there's your teammates, you know, there's just so many people involved too, yeah. that you also, you know, care about and that it affects as well. It's just unreal. And my role has always been so different coming back because I've had the kid piece, right? So it's like no one else, there's another mom on the team now who's making a comeback for just this Olympic year. But the last two years where I've played, it's only been me. So it's been like getting opportunity to be able to go home and be with my family when the team mandatory like has to stay together. Like I've in the past felt judgment on that, not from anyone in particular, but based on performance. So when I've gone, and come back and kind of get like hit around a little bit or I struggle, I start to like, would say to myself like, God damn it. Like I keep going home and then coming back and struggling. So like, what is this going to show to my teammates? And it's finally got to the point now where like, I know that they truly understand that I have to be home with my kids in order to do this. It's a whole package deal here. Um, And at the end of the day, like, we are so human when it comes to this game. Like, you're going to struggle. My position is by far the hardest one. Not sure why I chose it. So (laughs) I have these, like, moments where I'm like, okay, you have to give yourself a big deep breath. Give yourself a day. And that's why I've always enjoyed, like, the working part of it. The being able to go run or go just clear your mind and just be like, okay, why'd you choose to do this? You're getting hit around. You got to work harder. My teammates, I always know that they see me working and they see me grinding and they appreciate that. And I'll never stop doing that for them while I'm still wearing the uniform, but I'm not sure how much longer I can wear it. I'm not sure. (laughs) As you already know, I'm sure the softball world would love to have you as long as possible, but at the same time, you know, Prior, you have your priority straight and that's also yeah. what matters the most. Yeah, for sure. I also wanted to ask you too, you went to school in the U.S. You mm-hmm. live in the U.S. right now. There's always a lot, a lot of talk about Team USA and I've had some former players and coaches on this show as well. But I wanted to ask you, what do you want us to know about Team Canada that we might not already know? Man, Team Canada, we are made out of some pretty cool peeps. Like, I would not be able to do it without Jen Salling, who I went to the Olympics with in 08 and won the national championship in 2009, and Kaylee Rafter, who I went to the Olympics with in 2008. And those women are my people. Like, they really are. For me to be able to have done these last two years, it it goes without saying that they've talked me off the ledge multiple times. And we have a great mix of young and old and the mutual respect of both I think is so key and to say that like if I have something to say most people are listening but I will always give respect to someone 21 years old that wants their opinion validated and I think in the past that's never been the case so I think that it's just so important for that mutual respect across the board because I say to people it's just like ladies if we want to win a medal right now and there's 15 of us we are as strong and as weak as our our weakest player on the team we really are so it's like what's going to separate team canada is the fact that we truly like we get along as a bunch to say that i'm best friends with everyone i'm not but you don't have to be you have to be able to know and trust each other to the core and i do i really do and it's a sticky situation because we haven't picked our team yet you know we have 20 athletes so it's like you're still kind of walking around the ledge. Like it's weird because it's just, you don't know what your team's going to be yet. And you know that that's just unfamiliar, like emotions for some players. Right. And it's just, I I feel confident I'm going to make the team. I I'm just going to say that, but for some players, it's just, there is a little bit of an unknown and it's, that's a, a weird feeling. I know that our team 
we have great vets that have been there. I would say, I think out of all the teams, Team Canada would have the most players that had been to the Olympics in 2008 with three of us. And UW, I think with just Heather and how amazing she was, like UW has, I think the most, would have the most Olympians in the Olympics. Thinking about like, even like UCLA with Carta and Bubba Nichols and Garcia, like Heather would have Aguilar, Vic Hayward, who's on our team, Jen, me, Gabby Plain with Australia. So many cool vets on our team that have really led the way in a positive way. And I read a book they were talking about when they finally won like a medal. I think it was Christine Sinclair when they won bronze. And she was talking about like when she like hugged her teammates after and what really like validated it for her was like, hugging like her best homies that have just been there along the way that have grinded it out. It's just like, you do it for your team, you know? And I think that's the one thing that I've really learned. I was like that in university. I was all about the team. When I was with the national team in the past, it was just salty. You know, people didn't treat me right. I didn't treat people right. So for me, it was just these emotions that I didn't know how to deal with. And now I look at the players that we have on the team. And when I work and I am grinding and doing what I need to do, it's in the mutual respect that I know that they're doing the same thing. And I think in my mind and when I'm training and when I'm doing stuff, it really is with the impression that like we're working hard enough that will give us the best opportunity to win a medal. And God forbid, I hope that that happens because it will be sad if we don't, um, but that's sport. But to know that I would be capable to do it with these women, I would be so proud because, like I said, I go back to Kaylee and Jen. They've both been there since the 2008 Olympics. They have not stopped playing. That is incredibly long. They've been there for almost like 14 years. I look at them some days and I was like, dude, you guys deserve this more than anything. <laughs> Like I came back into the mix and I am not skipping a beat and I love being here, but it is a mental grind. You guys haven't had a summer off since 2005. That's incredible. I want to do it for them. I want to do it for my little girls because at the end of the day, they're my reason for, for doing this again. But it's the same type of mutual respect for my team. I want to do it so badly for them and they they're awesome i miss them i miss being around them but we don't have the talent usa has we don't have the talent that japan has one through 15 we just don't but god damn it no one will work harder than us no one will have been through some of the experience that we've been through and i know when you talk about people and their upbringing experience is the number one thing that most people like and i think that that's one thing that canada has we could potentially have four olympians that went in 2008 and that's a big deal. It is. And there's nothing like teammates, man. I mean, you're spot on with that. And, and like you yeah. said, your team, Canada teammates, and that's top of mind. That's what you're grinding on right now. And you mentioned yeah. the strong ties between team Canada and UW and all yeah. your teammates that you've been in the trenches with in the past. And I know that mighty are the women is kind of the mantra of the Huskies under mm -hmm. coach tar. What, is that culture like? Like, what does that mean to you and that UW community? To me, it just means like, dude, we can do anything we want to do. Like that program to me, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to raise my family here. I really did. Like that university changed my life. Like, and I had a great life with my family and living in Canada and all that, but that 2008 year rocked me. And if I didn't have a university to come back to with a coach like Heather and I don't know if I would be where I am right now. So she was just so capable of just trusting me. And I think when you, as a, as a woman, can look your athletes in the eye and like just make them better on the daily. Like for me, like Heather, just she made me better all the time. It was a mutual respect. I never wanted to let her down. I did not want to piss her off. And but she was so good at making you just feel comfortable. Like I could go in and have a conversation with her about anything going on in my life. And she was there to help me. And I think what I've heard in the past from a lot of different players is, you know, head coaches can kind of be intimidating. Like, Ooh, I don't want to talk to them. Like I'd rather go to the assistant coach. Like Heather wants control over her programs. She wants to know where our athletes heads are at. 
She wants to be able to like help them. And what I, I think I love the most about her is just she wants to set women up for the rest of their life. Yes, going and playing softball is so important. At the end of the day, like, what do you want to do? Let's prepare you the best we can. Team culture helps that. Being around your best friends helps that. And I think that university is just the mighty are the women for me means like we literally can do anything that we set our mind out to doing. And she's the leader of that. And I, and I dig it. And I love being able to take my little girls to games, go in the locker room. Maddie goes and hugs sis Bates, sits in her locker like it's nothing. You know, yeah. I would love that at six years old. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, being in the Pac-12 as a Stanford alum, you know, I always tend to back the pack. You can't, you can't not. And you yeah. just have that respect, I think, for the excellence that other programs exude or accomplish, really. Um, and I think that lifts up the rest of the conference as well. But you talk about accomplishing whatever you want to accomplish. Yeah. Fast forward to you being named to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Walk me through that day or that feeling. Yeah. That was, cr I never thought that that was going to happen nearly as soon as I did. Did I think like, hey, maybe in the next 20, 30 years, this could happen for sure. But like uh, an amazing day for me was when our team was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, like that was just, that was incredible. Like we all got to be back together. We're just like, wow. And then when it came out that that was happening for me, I was just like, it's hard when you're in the moment, especially back in the day to like recognize what you've personally done, right? So it's like when I was in college or like, you know, we won the national championship. Like for me, I didn't care about winning player of the year. Like I didn't care about winning Pac-10. It was Pac-10 back in the day, but like Pac-10 pitcher of the year. I, none of that stuff mattered to me because it was just like, it was always about the team. And I think it really humbled me when it came out that I was going to be inducted because it just made me realize the magnitude that I have had on the program. And I was so grateful. Like I was Coach Tar's first recruit ever. I still remember when she got the job, she came straight up to the Canada Cup and I was the one that she wanted. So it's just like amazing to think of that story and to know that, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be the same person I am today if they didn't take a chance on me and I didn't take a chance on them. And I still remember this day, like when we were meeting up in the restaurant and you know, my dad is very outgoing and he speaks his mind and he was very out there with Heather and he was just <laughs> like, so what's going on with the Teresa Wilson situation? Because after all that happened and, you know, told her thoughts on that. And then he says like, you know, there's a good chance she's going to go to the Olympics in 08. So are you okay with her having a red shirt year? And Heather was like, yeah, hundred percent. If she can, she can go to the Olympics, like we will back her. She can take that time. And I remember my dad looking at her and be like, do you, you know, are really interested in my daughter? She will help you win a national championship. I remember to that day, like she never looked back and neither did I. And I was like, my parents have a chance to come and watch me an hour and a half away. And I could play for a team that always has an opportunity to fight for a championship. I want to be part of the, that first team. And I'm so lucky that, you know, they saw something in me and that I got an opportunity to, allow for me to grow and be great and not go into this bubble and be told how I need to do this. Like Danielle, we know you're great. Let's find better ways to make you great and we can do it. And I'm forever grateful for the university and I'll always do my due diligence to give back, to help, um, to hopefully have my children go there one day. Maybe one of them can wear my jersey that's retired, but only if they can beat the records. Just like little things <laughs> yes. like that, you know? So I'm, I'm just, I'm very thankful that all that happened, but it doesn't go without saying it was a lot of hard work. Oh, absolutely. And, and the rest mm -hmm. is history really. But I will say, I used to love the location of your stadium when we'd go play there too, like near the water, yeah. the football stadiums right there. It was pretty awesome. Like yeah. I really enjoyed that part of it too. So I imagine going there every single day with your team, like what a, what a fun vibe. Oh man, it really is. It's so pretty there. It's just the football games, you think, you know, you see the softball field and just there's so much beauty behind it. I loved it. I didn't love the rainy cold days out on the field, but sure, <laughs> it really is. It's, I think, setting wise, it's by far top five in the country. It's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. And I want to talk to you about being back in the circle too. You talked about kind of your competitiveness and you're focused on the team 
And that's mm-hmm. kind of what your focus was in college now today with Team Canada. Mm-hmm. But I also saw a little video that went viral last month of oh. you pitching to some baseball players, honestly, yes. pretty much making them look stupid. So how did that come about? Yeah. It was funny because my, um, so my national team catcher Rafter, she was in town and Jen was in town too. We were doing a camp at UW and I, the D bats in Mill Creek is where I train, which is 10 minutes from my house. So Kaylee and I went out for brunch in the morning and then we went to go throw. And one of my good buddies, Kyle Novak, he played baseball for Oregon state, won a national championship with them two years ago. Um, he coaches uh, a community college team. And he was in there with his team and he came down to like the end. I was throwing my bullpen and, you know, I gave him a big hug and I was like, what's up, man. I haven't seen you in a while. And he's like, Oh, you throwing?" And I was like, yeah, like I got to leave for camp soon. I said, well, if you ever want to throw to any of my guys, like you, you can throw to them. I was like, dude, if you want me to throw to your guys, like that would actually be the best practice for me. So how do we make it happen? He's like, can you be warm in 15 minutes? And I was, and we threw, we must've threw for, 45 minutes, like with little, little breaks, but it was still fun because the guys, you know, get so into it and it's crazy because like, I've received so many messages, more good than bad, but it's crazy. The egos that guys have, Oh, like, I it's believe just it. like, Oh my God, the messages I'll get. Well, like you step in against Chapman throwing one Oh four, you'll <laughs> look the same way. And like, I, I never respond to the haters because at the end of the day, what's the point? But like a couple of them, I like really had to like step back and be like, hey guys, they asked to hit off me. Like I'm not going around handing out flyers. Like what's up softball player <laughs> over here looking for all the guys, like looking to strike everyone out. Like I was doing a bullpen. Kyle asked if I wanted to throw some players. Boom. Okay, let's go. Like, it's just so funny how like offended dudes get. Hey bro you can't hit softball. It's not, it's going to be okay. It's all right. Yeah. We probably can't hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. It's different, but just because you look stupid doesn't mean that you need to be going around all over like Twitter. It's such an ego thing. Guys are, I just can't, I can't with some of them. Most of the time it's, they, they've probably, they've probably never played, right? Like there's some random fan and there's just nothing there to, to back them up. But what I loved too. I love that there was one point, I think the video that I saw, I saw two pitches. First one, you kind of blew right by him and you called your own strike yeah. afterwards. And I was like, love it. Savage. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> let him know. And then I think you threw an off speed on the next one. I was just like, that's amazing because yes. you know, they, everyone thinks, you know, the rise ball and like these heaters. Right. But it's like, mm, there's a lot of tools that pitchers have yeah. in their toolbox in yeah. softball. And I honestly looked at that day as a day of just making me better and getting more prepared for leaving for training camp. Like my goal is not to go there and try to throw a hundred rise balls by you. What's my plan today? Kaylee and I, we threw as if it was like we were going into a regular game. If we were scrimmaging against my teammates, yeah, we probably threw a little more up in the zone because they're not as used to it, but Hey, let's really work on the change up today. And I think maybe two people didn't get a hit, but like a little like kind of bleeder. And it was as if they won the world series. It was literally (laughs) the like craziest thing I had to sit back and be like guys they were awesome they were so I want to say that they were like so cute because a lot of them were like 18 19 so cute like they couldn't believe that that I was throwing to them and taking the time and like they loved it it needs to happen more because I feel like guys get a little bit more of a mutual respect for what we do for sure I agree. I, yeah. I feel like, you know, even in like high schools, you hear about girls who are pitching and the, the baseball team wants to, to try to hit off of them. And like, even at that age, let alone at this kind of level, I think it's fun. Like, why not? Yeah. I think because softball and baseball are technically different sports. I mean, it's the same concept. It's a bat and ball sport with a diamond, et cetera, but it is different. It's not the same as like female basketball team and a male basketball team. So I think there's room for our communities to mesh together more. I, I yeah. think it, it could be fun. I agree. But then we, we've talked about, too, how you also are a broadcaster. You know, we've mentioned it a few times. But yeah. what's the transition like from playing to broadcasting? I mean, most people do it when they're fully retired, but you're still playing. Yeah. So that's even more unique. But what's that like? Um, I love it. After the World Series ended in 2010, uh, Meg Aronowitz, who is my boss, 
um, she found me at the World Series and asked like, hey, would you ever be interested to maybe get into it? And honestly, I didn't even think about that. Like when I graduated, I was like, all right, like I'm thinking I might want to get into coaching. Like to say that I had a career path set for myself, no clue. Like I just, I didn't know. So I was like, yeah, totally. I would love to do that. So we exchanged emails and stuff and got in touch. And so the following year, she sent me a bunch of games, but I was so ignorant to the fact at remembering that like, I'm still Canadian. So I couldn't technically work in the United States, obviously, because I don't have a green card. Mm. Um, and I, my, the university wasn't paying for my visa anymore because I was done school. So there was no way for me to be able to do it. And I remember like writing her back. Cause she's like, Hey, can you send me your social security card? And I was just like, Oh, it's a dagger. I was like, what's that? I didn't even know. Oh. And she's like, Oh no. And then it got to the point where I had to try to get some type of a visa. I know that the pro the UCSSA pride sponsored me to get a professional athlete visa. And then the opportunity came for me to go play over in Japan. So I took that opportunity and went and did that and started my first time broadcasting in 2014 with Pac-12. I did my first Pac-12 game at Stanford, actually. That was my very first game. And, oh, my God, I was so nervous. Like, just <laughs> so nervous, which is crazy for me because it's just usually when I'm playing, like, at least I can control what I'm doing. But right. in that type of situation, it's just, like, so many things can happen. Like, how can I, what, what should I say? Do I do this? And it's so night and day now. Like I, I, I enjoy it so much because I, I just get to give my opinion. doesn't mean that it's always right, but the beauty of it is that like, this is my opinion and this is how I feel. And I played in some pretty nerve wracking moments throughout my career, which can validate how I would feel that way. Um, but I'm just growing every single year at it. I really am. I'm, have a good relationship with a lot of different broadcasters, Jessica Mendoza. She's one of my good buddies. I'll just like reach out to her and cause I, I, I just want to get better at it, you know? So it's just always finding if people are watching or tuning in, you hear something like, or if you think I could be better, tell me because I see myself doing this for the long haul. When I got the opportunity to, to do the world series two and a half years ago, I've never felt that way before. I was just like, it honestly felt like this feeling of like, wow, I've made it. Because it was just like, as an athlete, getting to compete at that level and getting to win a national championship was one thing. But here I was, you know, maybe eight years later, getting to be there, watching UW go to the national championship game and getting to just be up top and calling studio stuff and getting to just like hang out with my friends and talk about this game that is growing so quickly. And I think that's why it's so sad this year. It's just, they just like canceled all spring stuff. And it, yeah. how big of a dagger was that? Where you're just like, there's just not going to be a World Series this year. Like some of these seniors might not get another shot at it. Because you think of it, it's like, okay, you want, of course, people to get that eligibility back. But if they do, it just disrupts so much, yeah. right? The incoming freshmen, scholarship numbers, money selfishly I feel like it should be like okay you have your pick of maybe two seniors you could keep or some I mean that's terrible it's like hunger game stuff but it's interesting though because there's not like a perfect way to rectify it you can't get back time you know no. so it's like how do you find a middle ground somehow because it's also yeah. like what about the freshmen coming in that were yeah. excited and what's that going to do for every recruiting class after this there's so many aspects to it that like I hope the NCAA takes time and puts really serious thought into it because yeah. there's so many repercussions. Like I think about like Jesse Harper and the home run record. How many people can even potentially come close to that, right? Like right. Chamberlain, 95. And um, I mean, I know she stands true to that record and she wants that thing. And it's like Jesse Harper was someone who was really going to take a shot at it this year. I yeah. think she maybe had like 76 home runs with a good chunk of the season left. Yep. It would have been difficult, but it's just like, okay, sorry. Yep. Your season's done. You're not right. going for that. And records to me, like, yeah, they don't matter when you're there and in the moment. Cause you're like, all right, I'm always fighting for my team and for that. But what matters is the aftermath 10 years later. Like I know that we'll always have that 2009 national championship. No one can ever take that away from us. Yes. The personal accolades are one thing, but to me winning that trumps absolutely everything. 
But if you don't get an opportunity to win a national championship and you, you hold the home run record, that's a really big deal. Yeah. So it's just that part's a little sad for me to think about players like that not getting to fight for something pretty cool like that. I agree. It's just rough all around for all spring sports too, but obviously we're feeling it with softball specifically. But yeah. you talked about using your voice basically for yeah. on these broadcasts, giving your opinion. And I have to say, like, I like how real you are on the broadcast. I mean, you talk the game up, you, you definitely do, but you're not afraid to call something for what it is, uh, even yeah. if it's a, a UW player. I actually remember, I think it was the, at the World Series last year, there wasn't really a top-tier pitching performance to the standards of UW. And you pretty yeah. much said it. I think you even said that it was unacceptable. And yeah. to me, it's refreshing to see that kind of accountability because some broadcasters don't go there, and you're not yeah. afraid to go there. Yeah. But I, I always look at a game as if how I would want to hear it, right? So it's like if I'm sitting and I'm watching, like, I want you to tell me, like, actually what's going on. And, like, someone watching the game could maybe have, like, really no idea about it, right? right. So, like, to see somebody give up, you know, 10 hits or two home runs in a game, like, no, that's not okay. For the standard at where you're at, the World Series, like, you're the best of the best right now unacceptable performance have to be better because someone watching might not really have any type of an idea and I know people have their opinions on how I give my two cents but at the end of the day like real is better than anything I'm, I, I just think that, that is the most important insight that you can give is really letting the people know what's going on I just think that that's so important and it just makes it for a fun broadcast it's nice to have a good partner who you do it with and you can just kind of like have some fun and they can bring your personality out because it, then it doesn't seem like work, right? Like you and me are sitting on the couch, we're watching the game together. Yep. You're asking me my thoughts, you know, buttons that you can push on me. They get me fired <laughs> up and then we just kind of keep going that way. So it really is a dream job, man. I, I love it so much. I mean, this is all stuff too, that especially as former players, we're watching, we're already thinking this stuff. So why don't we just verbalize it and share it with everyone else? You know, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of skilled play-by-play -play people who maybe didn't play, but they're just very good at what they do. But to have the player perspective, I think yeah. it's just awesome. There's nothing like it. For sure. Agreed. Going back to accountability, it's not a surprise to me. After playing against you, I think, by the way, my freshman year, so I was a right-handed hitter, but my very first at-bat lefty was off of you. So I had kind of been like playing around with it at, at practice a little bit, you know, working on some slapping, whatever. And then yeah. in the middle of, I think our series at Stanford, it was home for us. Our coach was just like, yeah, how about you, how about you turn around? I was like, what? <laughs> um, all right. I guess I will. And then I, I mean, yeah. I grounded out, but you know, to the left side, but I was not going to lie. I was pretty happy with the fact that it was put in play. So yeah. <laughs> there's were that. you there with, with Missy Penna? Yes. Yeah, so she was a God. senior when I was a freshman. She yeah. was so good. She was so yes. good. She was so good. Stan, like back in the day for me, like there was no one easy in the Pac-12, Pac-10. Right. No Pac one. Yeah. Yes. I, I think. Yes. Agreed. Like it was like you had home field advantage if people came to you, but like, man, I remember we would go play Stanford and Missy Penna. You're just, I was watching, we watched our highlight video, Jen and I, when we were in Halifax, we had so much time on our hands. It was on YouTube. <laughs> And we were watching the game and I think I gave up two hits to you guys and we still lost. It was like a two hitter, like 10 Ks, UW still lost. Like that's how hard it was when yeah. you had two aces that were squaring off. And I remember like Penna probably being one of the best. She was so good. She was. And I, I remember that year, I remember actually you guys beat us at UW. Hard to play there um, yeah. for sure. But I yeah. think we won the series and then we won the series against Arizona as well obviously both of you went to the world series that year and you won mm -hmm. it so you guys won when it mattered but yeah. you know it was basically like a world series preview every weekend yeah. in conference you know and and the pitching duels I kind of missed that a little bit actually it's all about hitting these days I feel at least in yeah. college softball and yeah. I kind of miss that pitchers be better find a way to get better here like it's like the game is elevated so much with hitting because you have tools and devices and machines and this. It's just like, how can we elevate pitching? Number Agreed. one, it's a mentality. Like it really is to say that I could go back into college and beat the best team three days in a row would probably be tough. Right. I hated the three game series. Yeah. Um, 
but it's just, I know that we need to have pitching staffs. That's important. But at the end of the day, great pitching always beats great hitting. And it comes yeah. down to the accountability piece. It comes down to a mindset. It comes down to just hitting good spots and being able to roll stuff off your back. Okay. You give up a hit or you give up a home run, boom, like next pitch. And yeah. I just feel like it can be really hard for someone 18, 19 going into college to have that mindset because they've been, Oh, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. No. When you get to college, you're not. It's a whole other work ethic. It's a whole other mentality. And not many are willing to step up to that challenge. They don't know how to do it when they struggle. So for them, it's like, let me, let me go on the transfer portal because I'm uncomfortable or I'm not right. doing what I need to do or I'm not playing as much. I want to go where I feel really comfortable. And it's just like, what's wrong with not being so weak-minded and putting in the hardcore work or going and doing stuff when no one's watching. It's just, there's so much, um, and pitchers just, they got to be better. Yeah, I agree. But Hey, I mean, if we can teach this generation, the way you're teaching your daughter, Madison, you know, yeah. we might, we might have a shot with the next generation right. of pitchers. I think I saw too, the first time I ever saw something of you with your daughters that really jumped out to me in terms of your parenting style was, I think you had posted maybe last year or a while back a video where she's like bright red in the face, you know, panting, oh, like yeah. trying to catch her breath. And you're like, that's what happens when you want to run with mom, you know? Yeah. And I, was like, I remember Damn. that day so much. <laughs> I know. It just, she feels so good after it. You know, yeah. when she doubts herself, she cries and she sees me running with her and she knows that she wants to quit, but she doesn't. That's life, baby. Like, stuff's going to hit you hard and you're going to want to say, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm uncomfortable or I don't like it. But wherever it is that we're trying to go, it takes a very strong person to, to truly understand the magnitude of like how I'm going to get there. It means it's a very difficult road. And I just think the importance for just her everyday life, her confidence as a young lady, as she gets older, like the confidence that I feel just based on my last two and a half years of work that I've really truly put in. I worked when I was with the national team back in the day and the 2009 national champion, I worked, but to say I worked to this extent where I'm at right now, it's nowhere near because I have to be more efficient with what I'm doing. I don't have as much time. How much effort can I put into this? Okay, I have to make sure I get this done, but I only have this amount of time, so I need to do this. It's just so much more structure. Um, and I, I've just never felt more confident in my abilities because of the work ethic piece. So I think to be able to get my six-year-old to understand that, like for you to go run those hills with me where I'm out of breath, I can't imagine your tiny little legs trying to get up that hill. <laughs> Pull my hand, like I helped her on a couple of them. And it's just, she felt so good after it. And that's, you can't teach that to kids. They got to go through the trenches to figure that out. You can't tell them it's going to be hard. You have to show them it's going to be hard. Be there with them, show them the way, and they trust that you're going to lead them in the right direction. I love that perspective. And honestly, I appreciate you taking so much time with me today to kind of touch on what it's like to get in the trenches and all these different yeah. areas of life. So I, I appreciate it. For sure. And I have one last question for you. It's a fun one. Okay. Kind of like a little game. Basically, I'll bring up a topic in softball okay. and you tell me if it's safe or out in your opinion. So safe meaning like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I can get behind it out meaning like, no, okay. not about that. Okay. okay. So I'm going to ask you two things. So the first one is eye black during night games. So out, man. Yeah. Right. So out. Yeah. I would have been shocked if you said yes, but you do, you do it during the day games, right? Uh, I don't anymore. Not anymore. I did. So the eye black that I wore, if we ever had night games, it's because we freaking lost and had to come back and play that night. I was right. not putting on eye black at night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes. All right. Agree with that. Second one is bat flips. Okay. Listen, this one's <laughs> tough. I'm kind of in the middle. Okay. Because I think if someone bat flips off me, they're getting it where the sun don't shine and it's gonna hurt <laughs> but i also think if somebody has the ability to like go yard off me you know i just look at what sam Shaw did last year and it was just yeah. the growth of the game i thought that it was really cool even though like yes it's frustrating yeah would i want maddie to do that no so i'm gonna say out on this one but i believe pitchers have to be able to have the balls to say if you do that off me i'm gonna hit you because yeah. that's a disrespect to the game not yeah. enough pitchers have it in them where they feel like they can do that guess what we're in control of what we do here if someone just goes yard off me like to me the kicker was at the world series last year when barnhill gave up two home runs 
to Sam Chow on the exact same pitch. Yep. And one of them was 0-2. And I remember up there, I was like, this is my time to shine when the studio show comes on because I just get to just give the people what they want. This is my time. I loved yes. it. And I just, the whole stadium erupted. And that was one of the coolest moments, I think, that I've experienced at the World Series. It was just like, Oklahoma State finally got back there. Is Sam Chow going to bat flip? Boom, Oklahoma State wins, two solo <laughs> shots. See you later, Florida. It was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what a time in our game. I know. It's, it's awesome. But thank you again. This has been great. Yeah. And I, I've loved hearing your perspective and wishing you all the best, too, with whatever it is that happens with the Olympics, with Team Canada, everything. Just yeah. all the good vibes your way. Awesome. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me and listening to my good rants and bad rants. <laughs> hey, all the rants are interesting rants. That's yeah. always true. 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 Wow. What a conversation. There's so much to unpack and let sink in just across the board. But again, with the Olympics specifically, it's hard to believe that this was less than a week ago. And now here we are. So since then, Danielle has been the same strong badass that you heard. Here are the updates. So she's maintained the same thing that jumped out throughout our conversation, and that's perspective. And that's why that, as she says, she's going to be okay. She's talked about gratitude a lot and what her real priorities are, and that includes both motherhood and her marriage. And she summarizes it well, quote, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm home, I'm with my family, and my family is healthy, end quote. She's also said she's proud of Canada for, quote, throwing the first punch aka stepping up and taking a stand the way that they did, which I think shows perspective and maturity. And she's also said that when things slow down and the virus has subsided, that's when she'll make her official decision on whether or not she'll come back in 2021. If it would have been in the fall this year, she'd 100% be there. No doubt. But a full year delay leaves her with a lot to figure out. But through it all, she also says, quote, I've always loved the journey and grind more than the reward. Now, I have a feeling she's not done. She wants that medal. Her fire is not ready to burn out anytime soon. But if she does decide that what's right for her and her family is not competing in 2021, then I support her. From getting to know her, I can see clearly that her family and household at the end of the day is the real podium. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available everywhere that you usually get your podcasts and on Believe Podcast Network. That's on BLEAV.com. Subscribe, rate, and share. Continue to reach out on Twitter at JennaBecerra01. Keep your heads up, softball fans. We still got plenty to cover. We're a tough community that knows how to overcome adversity. So I'm going to stick with it. So you stick with me. Catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.